Death, Taxes, and Maryland Women's Basketball, the things you can rely on. Brenda Freeze here to talk about it. Locked on Women's Basketball starts now. Ogumba Wallet for the win. You are Locked On Women's Basketball, your daily podcast on women's basketball. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard Magdal. I want to thank you for making us your first listen Every day, over a hundred thousand of you tuning in this month alone. We keep on breaking our records, and it is because of you showing up for us the way we show up for you six days a week. And of course, it is not just me, but the entire team over at the next, the nexthoops.com, where we have over a hundred reported pieces every month on women's basketball, more than 1.3 million readers last month alone. And we're gonna break that record here in September as well. You want your business in front of us? Editors at thenexthoops.com. Happy to talk to you about 2024 sponsorship opportunities. And we spend a lot of time there talking about Maryland players past, present, future. Uh, we're delighted to once again have the head coach at Maryland, Brenda Freeze, with us. Brenda, you know, you guys lost 87% of your scoring two years ago into last year and went to the Elite Eight. Having this kind of continuity now, we'll talk about there are some losses, there are some key players coming in, but does it feel as if there's an opportunity to uh, even start from higher ground, let's say, than <laughs> the year before? I know there were a lot of questions and concerns last year and, uh, you know, to lose so much and, you know, and then we, you know, have just this remarkable team and, and chemistry that uh, goes to an elite eight. So, yeah, we're really, you know, really looking forward to this upcoming season when you talk about having, you know, four grad seniors that are in your program to have that kind of experience with, you know, the youthful bliss of, of adding four freshmen. But I think it kind of takes some of the heat off of your freshmen to, to really, um, you know, it takes time for them with, within that journey and that process. So uh, I love the fact that every single one of our returners is uh, come back better. And that's what you expect when, when you look at your veteran leadership. Uh, it's not going to be easy when you look at um, how front-loaded our schedule is. We're not afraid to play anyone. And so I think having the, the perspective of, of kind of where the games have fallen, we, we need to be ready to play um, right away. No doubt about it. That is very much par for the course for you guys. Uh, I mean, that, that listen, that home opener against Harvard on November the 6th alone is going to be a really good one. That Harvard team really talented and bringing back a ton of uh, players. And then you follow that up with uh, South Carolina. I think I've heard of that program. At South Carolina, at UConn. Yeah, these are the things that, you know, and then you know, you know, you lay awake at night, then we come back and we play Syracuse, then we go out and play, you know, Washington State, who, you know, by by the way, won the Pac-12 tournament last year, Wisconsin, Green Bay, you name it. So, um, again, though, you know, I, I never want to be one of those coaches that schedules teams in the 300s and you run through and you have a false uh, hope and expectation of where your team lies. I'd rather know on the front end. And, ultimately it prepares us for the best conference in the country. I mean, the big 10 now is shown 
uh, game in and game out to how prepared you have to be. So our non-conference schedule is definitely going to get us ready and prepared for Big Ten play as well as postseason. I mean, best conference in the country, as I have read next year, the only remaining conference in the country, right? Is that true that all the other have kind of come together? I, I mean, I, I just, and I wanted to ask you about this, obviously segment one, we're going to talk a lot of big picture, segment two, get into, you know, some of the fun details about this year's team, which is just fascinating to me. But, you know, you guys as a program were essentially ahead of the curve by making that move from the ACC to the Big Ten, do you feel that was, as you remember, very controversial at the time, do you feel like you guys were essentially uh, validated by so much of what's happened in college uh, athletics since then? No question. You know, I think change is hard for people when when it first happened. But, you know, now, you know, you look at the moves that Maryland was able to make and it's positioned us for long-term success. And you do, you, you look at, you know, uh, uh, it's the conference I would want to be in that you're protected. And, you know, uh, my heart goes out to just all these changes and, and where different teams and, and conferences now are falling. Uh, but, you know, I'm just super grateful that, uh, you know, Maryland's in the big 10 and, and uh, we have the opportunity to play against, uh, you know, just such great competition with a, massive television, you know, contract and exposure that our players are going to be, you know, seeing day, you know, day in and day out. It's huge. And obviously the Big Ten Network too plays a part in that, but in a lot of ways, you know, for better and for worse in some ways, but college athletics emulating pro athletics, it puts you in a position to continue to do what you've been doing on top of the results itself, which is, you know, turning out professional players. And you do that in a number of different ways. You've made sure that they're able to build their brands at the same time to be on top of all of these things and trying to figure out kind of the 21st century in athletics. Yes, it's a challenge, but is it something that you enjoy too? Because it's, it really seems like you dig into the details on this stuff. Yeah. I mean, you, I, you have to, uh, to, if you want to, you know, continue to be on top, if you want to be successful, you have to be able to change with the times. And, you know, I always use the example of Blockbuster and, uh, you know, when when the whole streaming came about and now you look at where Netflix is at and what happened to Blockbuster. So, you know, it is I've always been a lifelong learner, you know, want to have that growth mentality and, you know, feel very fortunate here at Maryland that, you know, we can continue to keep you know, uh, you know, helping our players, you know, with the growth of NIL and the opportunities and what's afforded to them and that we're in a great position to be able to help them uh, be successful. Yeah, it, it's very, listen, if Blockbuster couldn't survive, even with all my late fees, that company was doomed. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, so before we get into the current team, I want to just talk about a player who you had um, who was, I believe, three-time ACC Player of the Year, to kind of take it back uh, a little bit, in Alyssa Thomas. And I know we were talking about this off-air a little bit before. There were three incredible MVP candidates. At the same time, it just seems like at every turn, AT doesn't get the benefit of the doubt, doesn't get the credit, was not a McDonald's All-American, which is crazy to think about when you think about what she was able to do when you look at what she's done with this Connecticut team. It just went out again, and to the surprise of, I guess, everyone who hasn't watched AT throughout her career, one game one right there at Barclays Center. I, I know, obviously, you come at it from an AT perspective, but you know, just take me through what it's been like seeing that 
that discourse this week and, you know, uh, Alyssa Thomas's legacy as a whole. Yeah. Well, you know, first of all, you, you want to say, like, are we paying attention at, at all? And uh, no question. I mean, obviously, with Brianna Stewart and Asia Wilson, all three had had phenomenal uh, seasons. And I'm sure it was extremely difficult. You, you know, you you question when she had the most first place votes. Um, and what more does she have to do? I mean, when you you have you know, you hold the most triple doubles, not only of everyone combined, it's in one season <laughs> that she has combined uh, everybody else in the league. So when you talk about the most valuable player and what she means to her team with the, the Connecticut Sun. But, you know, I, I think it is no different when, when you talk about she has been disrespected a little bit. She's always um, she doesn't self-promote. She's uh, very humble. And I think sometimes if you're not in that uh, ability to self-promote yourself and kind of put yourself out there, um, it's difficult. And, you know, there's a reason she's the all-time leading scorer and rebounder, not only in the history of women's basketball in Maryland, but in the history of men's and women's basketball here. Um, but, she, you know, it was no different coming up, like you said, disrespected with you know, didn't make, you know, USA basketball or McDonald's All-American. And, you know, I think AT would tell you at the end of the day, um, she's had just so much success and so many things to, you know, be grateful for. But I think for all of us, we take it really personally because we know what, sh what she's been able to do. And so I think that was the disappointing hit that uh, when that came out. We had post-game with Tiffany Hayes, and with Delana Bonner, and you, you can understand why DB was in tears about it, you, you know, and, and their close relationship, you know, being her fiance. But Tip Hayes, too, you yeah. know, in tears. If that's what AT seems to mean to everyone around her. And I, I think bottom line is what she said to me the other night was, you know, if they win this weekend, if they end up winning a title, this is all going to be secondary to her. But it's it's an interesting thing to figure out. I, I mean, truly, I was a voter. I did. I voted for Brianna Stewart. If I could have, I would have voted for all three of the major contenders. I would have split my vote. I didn't have the opportunity to do it. I spent days and days agonizing over it. I don't know. And, and this is kind of where I where I ended up. We talk about this is unprecedented in the history of the WNBA. I also believe it is probably unprecedented going forward that three of the generational players in this league had their best seasons all at the same time. I mean, do you feel like that is just the new normal or do you think that, look, you know, this was special even by virtue of how fast the league is growing? Yeah. You know, you hope that it continues. I, I do think it was a special year. Diamond Miller was in here two days ago and she was so funny in her analysis of talking about, you know, being a pro and then you have your, your, you know, your elite all-stars, right. And you're talking about those three and she's like, you know, like I, you know, would have a good game every third game, but to see them have a, you know, be sore, be tired, play the kind of grind that you do and perform every single night. <laughs> she said much level respect of just what it takes. And I think that's the thing when you look at all three of them and they're all in the semifinals trying to lead their team to championship and performing every single night, what that toll takes on you, not only physically, but mentally. Uh, I think those three have clearly put themselves into, 
you know, just, a, a, you know, an elite level, uh, you know, as players. No doubt about it. We'll, and we'll be talking in future years about Diamond Miller in that conversation as well. No question in my mind. So we'll get into that a bit of the replacement of Diamond Miller, Abby Myers, of course. Uh, but first, uh, we'll hear from our sponsor. Let me tell you, I am so glad that DoorDash is a sponsor of Locked on Women's Basketball now. DoorDash has saved me on so many occasions as somebody with children, as somebody with a busy schedule trying to figure out, all right, how do we get them fed, making sure that we take care of dinner. You can call DoorDash. They have so many different options. You can use the app, and the app is just absolutely a lifesaver. And so we have this offer now. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order, up to a $20 value when you use the code LOCKEDONNBA at checkout. It's a limited time offer, so make sure you grab this. 50% off, up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code LOCKEDONNBA. Ultimately, I'm a subscriber at DoorDash. Very, very happy with it. So again, LOCKEDONNBA for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. So Diamond Miller was here two days ago, but now you couldn't keep her, right? You couldn't convince her to stick around and play another year? <laughs> that darn draft, you know, taking away her eligibility. I still had that extra year I was hoping for. <laughs> Not the first time that a player has been drafted uh, out of the University of Maryland, to put it lightly. And so it's interesting to me as you figure out how to replace Diamond Miller, how to replace Abby Myers, who, of course, uh, had a, a star turn playing in the WNBA this year as well. But I, I think the conversation begins, and, and you, know, you tell me about this, but Cheyenne Sellers taking another step forward, taking on more responsibility. She did it incredibly last year. We saw her take on a lot more without losing any of her efficiency. Is that kind of where that conversation begins as you figure out, you know, the chess match? It is, you know, you expect every year when they come back and now she's a junior, you expect the, those steps just like she, she made the jump last year. And, you know, it's one thing when, when you look at, you know, last year she was that third leading scorer, that piece, that punch for us behind Diamond and Abby. And now this year, you know, there's a lot of responsibility put on your shoulders when you got to show up and perform every night. Mm -hmm. um, more than capable. You know, she got great uh, experience this past summer being invited to, to participate internationally with USA Basketball with the three on three. So I thought that was huge for her and her growth and, and her development. But yeah, she's she's going to have a lot on her shoulders. She's going to be playing more at the point guard position, which is uh, where she wanted to be when when she came in here and we've kind of you know silently been building those steps for for her to be prepared so it definitely is going to be a, another step where the ball is going to be in her hands a lot where she's going to be running this this offense and um, is more than capable and more than ready to to handle those responsibilities uh, if you'll indulge a little bit of nerdery from me I just you look at her numbers and just you know she went from 41.6 to 48.6 from the field overall improved from two, improved from three, did all this playing more minutes. But like you said, you, you know, her assist percentage, and she wasn't even the full-time point guard last year, although obviously she was able to handle some play corner responsibilities for it. It was up to 25%. You know, do you think, you know, something north of 30 is what we're looking at? And I guess the, the flip side of that is, is this somebody who, 
maybe her best position is point guard, and yet she's managed to succeed in all these ways for you guys in some other areas where you've needed her the first two years. Yeah, you know, well, we've, yeah, I, I do. I mean, with that size and, you know, she's got a unique opportunity when you talk about having the dreams and goals, aspirations to play at the next level. She's watched it with Diamond and so many of our pros that have come through here. And I know from talking to the assistants and GMs in the league that, you know, with her ability, with that that size and her scoring ability, uh, you know, she she would have a tremendous opportunity in in that point guard position. So, you know, like I said, I'm excited for her and for us that she's got two more years to really, you know, gain a lot of experience and knowledge in that position, you know, almost full time. And so you mentioned this, but it's worth, I think, noting you guys last year played as fast as you had any season since 2016, 2017. You were 21st in the nation in pace. Does it help to have the player who's going to be your primary point guard playing three on three and playing in that faster game? It does. Oh, yeah. No question. Like, uh, you know, that three on three is remarkably fast and the conditioning level you have to be in to, to be able to play. So. Um, to have her as your your lead guard and your lead PG, you know, is huge. And, you know, already in just a few short practices, we've been able to to see that. And that's who we are. We, anyways, we're always going to play fast. We, we love uh, the transition game, but obviously some players do it better than others. And, you know, we're, we're fortunate with her speed and the way she she can push tempo that um, it lines up well for us. I know freshmen always have opportunities for this team, but also you've done so well with grad transfers. Ja'Kaya Brown-Turner coming over from NC State. What does she do for this team? How do you see her fitting in in what you're looking to do here in 23-24? Ja'Kaya's been really impressive because of the fact that she she already you know has the experience. You talk about you know someone who had a ton of success at NC State for four years and you know, just I'll never forget the big shot she hit when uh, she was a junior in the corner for a corner three at, you know, uh, in the NCAA tournament up in Connecticut to send NC State into overtime for, mm-hmm. for that game to go to a final four. So, you know, she's she's once the big moment, she's more than capable and just going to be a huge uh, piece for us this season, just given the fact of losing the, the scoring ability of Diamond and, and Abby, uh, it's going to be big for her and, and for us, for, for, our, for our roster. Yeah, you know Jakia can hit that shot. That, that is an Elite Eight game that felt like a Final Four game. I remember yeah. having, having covered that in person. It was a remarkable thing to see. So, all right, so we see in the backcourt what you're able to get. I, I, I can't talk about your backcourt, your frontcourt, your wings, without talking about Faith Masonis, who is – all of them. She is all of them. She's, <laughs> she's, I mean, she is an undersized five somehow at times for you in the big 10, uh, surrounded by giants. Um, you know, this is also all part of your, you know, endless pipeline from New Jersey, right down to Maryland. Do you think of it as like NDMV rather than just DMV? Is that how it works for you guys? I like that. I haven't used that in the past, but, uh, with my compliments, NDMV, yeah. um, <laughs> It one. It's year two after the surgery for her, so obviously you have reason to believe she can be faster, stronger, even than she was last year. She came back faster than I think anyone had a right to expect. What 
what are you getting in year five out of faith? I always say, you know, it's in faith we trust. <laughs> so, and uh, everything. And it was when you look at what we asked her to do last year and she wasn't, they always say like a year to, to 16 months out of, of her ACL injury. And she came into that non-conference and just powered through with, you know, very little lift and just the toughness, grit and sacrifice anything for the good of the team. That's who she's always been. And this year it's exciting because she's got the lift back or jump. We're asking her to score more. She's more than capable. She can extend out now to the three point line and has that lift in her, in her shot to, to be able to score it. So I was super excited and, and she's positionless. I, I think that's the exciting thing is, you know, if we need to offset minutes at that guard position, she's capable of, she tells everyone where they need to be. And, you know, she's a difficult matchup because one through five, she can play it. She's a, you know, um, similar to AT who, who could play every position. I mean, that's what faith has been for us uh, with, with this team. So we're really excited to have a healthy faith back into the fold. And if anybody is looking for her when you're watching Maryland this year, just look on the floor near a loose ball. Yeah. <laughs> She'll be there. <laughs> That's exactly right. We'll be back in just a second to go through uh, a couple more players who we must talk about. But first. So. So we're back and talking about Lavender Bridge. It was so striking to me. Right. Lavender Bridge comes in, you know, having accomplished a lot, a big reputation, started the first six games. You ended up bringing her off the bench for the remainder of the season. Now, to be clear, you gave her her starters minutes. She is playing a vital role. But the way she responded there, the way she was such a critical part of that team down the stretch, ended up hitting thirty nine point two percent of her threes. What do you feel like you learned about Lavender Bridge through that heading into the season? that she can do tough things uh, last year was, was not easy for, for her. She was still coming off of a lot of people didn't know, you know, postseason uh, the year before surgery from, from a torn hip labrum and um, didn't have all of that, you know, her, her jump back, she, she kind of battled with kind of some type of shin splints a little bit in, in her legs. So she was never healthy. And so, you know, you kind of saw the roller coaster of her year where, where she had the highs and lows, what, I do love is that she stayed the course. She saw she could do tough things. And really, when you talk about her March was um, the best basketball. And that's where you're playing the your toughest competition. And, you know, it's been great. Her off season was um, exactly where it needed to be. She's completely mm -hmm. healthy. She has the bounce back. I mean, she's been one of our best players uh, every single day in practice so far. And it's exciting to kind of see her confidence level and, um, mentality that that has changed. She she wants that responsibility on her shoulders. So I anticipate she's so talented. She can score the basketball. She's a defender for us that uh, she's she's going to have a tremendous year. It's so exciting to see how much talent there is there. But you weren't done. You've added uh, a number of top 100 players, as you always do. Um, take me through what for instance, Riley Nelson is going to bring as a freshman. Uh, those who have, have watched your team for years know you're not afraid to get freshmen involved early on. Well, all indications right now, Riley was a McDonald's All-American and, you know, local from, you know, here in, a, in our backyard. But I have loved as she has come in, she has been fearless. She's 
uh, wins every sprint, first in sprints every single day. It does not back down to anything, anyone. You know, again, reminds me of a Diamond Miller coming in and Alyssa Thomas, where they just kind of had it and that that confidence factor. And it's been awesome to be able to see Riley now in the fold with a lot of great talent. It's just really kind of taken her game, you know, even to to a higher level that. Um, I always knew Riley was competitive. I didn't know she was this competitive and until seeing her every single day, not only on the court, but off the court when we have activities at, at the, the home and we bring the team. I mean, she is as fierce as they come, which is, is really, really exciting. The pipeline just continues. It is delightful to see. Always great talking basketball with you. To our listeners, make sure you're there on November the 6th. The finals of the WNBA can run as late as October 20th, so we've got like two and a half weeks to get through emotionally without women's basketball until November 6th. But make sure you're there. Take in the Maryland team. Get some peanut butter freeze ice cream. I recommend all of it. Until tomorrow, when we will be back with you, get you ready for the weekend and WNBA playoffs. I am Howard Magdal, wishing all of you a wonderful Thursday. Ogumba Wallet for the win. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. 